0: You've probably heard or known of people who used to be friends, but something went wrong and instead of repairing the problem, they turned against each other. Both friends felt like the other person caused the issue, so each of them was waiting for the other to apologize. It ended up being a very long wait. They went to the same church, had an overlapping friend group, and things were awkward for anyone who knew them. Are you the friend with the broken relationship? Are you holding a grudge against someone right now? When you hear those words, does a face pop up onto the movie screen of your mind? Something has gone wrong, and instead of resolving the conflict, one or both of you have chosen to cling to the hurt, and now it's hurting you. Holding a grudge always hurts the holder more than anyone else. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. In the book Ponder the Path, a 31 day devotional, day 22 addresses the connection between anger and bitterness. First, there's a transgression then anger, and if the conflict remains unresolved, the anger waters the seeds of bitterness. Soon the person is a carrier of this angry, bitter virus. Have you ever met a cheerful, bitter person? Don't plan on it. The connection between unresolved conflicts and bitterness is a strong one. When you add holding a grudge to the mix, you've got a toxic situation. If we allow grudges to go unchecked. We'll go to bed with hurt feelings and wake up in a prison of bitterness. Holding a grudge doesn't keep the targeted person awake at night. They sleep soundly while the grudge holder is watching instant replays of the hurts in their own minds. Grudges are really just bitterness overgrowths resulting from a failure to forgive. It's one thing to know that holding a grudge is wrong but it's another to make ourselves accountable for correcting our errors and doing what is right. Let's consider just three reasons why holding a grudge is harmful to us and to others. Number one, grudges are unbiblical. Matthew six fourteen through 15 says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, Jesus taught these truths about forgiveness immediately following the example of how to pray, which includes this request in Matthew 6, 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Sometimes I think we mouth the words without meaning what we're saying. If we would pray, forgive as we forgive, what that also means is that a failure to forgive is asking to be matched. We can hold all the grudges we want to, as long as we realize that we're forfeiting God's forgiveness in our own lives. Grudges are often treated as pet sins, with a special exemption from the need to confess and repent. We all need to be on guard against creating our own sin grading system, where we number sin on a scale from 1 to 10, with 1 being low on our grading scale, but a 10 being unthinkable. This is a faulty measurement, and we're bound to give ourselves the best grades while easily tagging others with greater transgressions in our sight. God has already defined sin on much simpler terms james four seventeen says this: therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. When we know that we're doing wrong to hold a grudge and yet we do it anyway, we're sinning on purpose. And we should expect a chastening from God because he loves us enough to correct us when we're wrong. Everyone takes turns doing wrong. The best policy is to be biblical and forgive when people have done us wrong. Here's a second reason why holding a grudge is damaging. Grudges are unacceptable to God. We are aware when we're holding a grudge. We fully know it. But we may not see it as an error. This is why it's a great prayer request to ask the Lord to cleanse us of our secret faults, like the fault of holding a grudge. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 19, verses 12 through 14. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression." Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. It is unacceptable to God for us to hold a grudge against another person. This falls under the category of presumptuous sins, which are on purpose and ongoing. The word presumptuous in the Strong's Concordance is the word that also defines proud when we look at Proverbs 21:24. Proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud wrath. Isn't that an interesting correlation? Presumptuous sins are rooted in pride and arrogance. If I want the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in God's sight, I can't harbor thoughts or words that would harm someone else. When we hold a grudge against a person, we're like that driver speeding down the road doing 90 miles per hour in a 70 mile per hour zone. We're living as if there are parts of the Bible that don't apply to us. That's prideful, and it's arrogant. As if God is somehow going to give us a get-out-of-jail-free card when we're willfully and knowingly sinning by failing to forgive someone, we need to repent, we need to confess, we need to be careful. And finally, number three, in this short list of reasons why holding a grudge is harmful, grudges are rooted in bitterness and unkindness. Now, the Bible tells us clearly in Ephesians 4:31 through 32, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now, we know that passage. We teach it to our children. But isn't it interesting that we expect our children to obey this but we give ourselves a little bit of room to wiggle out of it. We'll obey if it lines up with what we want to do. That's agenda-driven living, and that can get us in a lot of trouble. Every day of our lives, we are building or damaging our reputations one word and one deed at a time. Holding a grudge is a reputation-harming act of bitterness, and the unkindness that it takes to hold the grudge says a lot about the person holding it. When we have true reverence for God, we also respect and obey His word, following it with a holy fear of the Lord. Do you truly fear the Lord? If so, how could you hold a grudge against someone when His word says to be kind to another? You know it's hard to be kind to people if we don't love them now we've landed on a sore spot the issue here is a lack of true love when we love people we treat them with biblical respect this includes forgiving them when they've done us wrong remember like i said earlier we all take turns blowing it but we tend to magnify the offenses of others while minimizing our own Would you want another person to treat someone you love in the same manner you're treating the target of your grudge? We appreciate it so much when a person is willing to pass over a transgression that we've committed, and we need to be willing to extend the same grace to those who have mistreated us. Proverbs 19.11 tells us that it is a mark of discretion. Listen to the verse. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. I like to call it the acronym POT, P-O-A-T, pass over a transgression. You can repeat it to yourself often. It really helps. Pote, baby, POT. There are times when people are going to provoke us. They're going to be irritating. They're going to do things that hurt, and we're going to be perplexed. But we can choose to POT, pass over a transgression. Life is way too short for grudges. We may imagine that we have all the time in the world to get things right between us and someone else, but what if we don't have another opportunity? Which would you prefer, to hold the grudge or to live with regrets for failing to resolve a conflict wisely? Bitterness is a heavy burden that is only carried by the grudge holder. In fact, if bitterness, as the quote says, is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die... Well, then, holding a grudge is like holding a hot flaming coal and expecting the other person to get burned. Grudges are healed by humility and forgiveness. We first have to admit that we're holding the grudge. Then we can humble ourselves by forgiving the debts of others. Have you been holding a grudge against someone? You can choose to stop that at any time. The freedom you'll sense once you've yielded to God's word is a sweet peace that will immediately improve your life. Remember, holding a grudge hurts the holder more than the target. Proverbs 16.20 is one of my favorite verses because it reminds us that he that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Handle matters wisely. Don't hold grudges. Aim for resolution instead. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit KeepTheHeart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, ICU In Christ Unconditionally. ICU is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.